Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Jenna Ellis, and welcome to Just the Truth Podcast, sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find them at thomasmoresociety.org. We have a great show for you tonight, all jam-packed with a lot of headlines, great discussion on the foundation of the Christian worldview perspective with my good friend Dave Bratt, who is the dean of the Liberty University Business School, and he's also the host of a brand new upcoming show right here on Real America's Voice. So Dave, thanks so much for joining me, and this sounds kind of Top Gun-esque. That's what it reminds me of. So what's the show all about? Little Van Halen to wake the folks up. It's caffeination for the PM hours. Nice, nice. All right, this is great. So what do you plan to cover on the show? Well, it's like your show. It's uh, our lives, right? It's the uh, Judeo-Christian tradition uh, mixed with Greek reason, gives you the Western synthesis. Uh, It's undercovered. Uh, The leftist media is in open revolt. Uh, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, our philosophy departments are in deconstruction mode. They're deconstructing the Judeo-Christian tradition, the rule of law, the Constitution. Those two marble busts were uh, Adam Smith and James Madison, for the viewers who may have missed that. And then the free markets, right? Adam Smith, Milton Friedman, and uh, the reason we become the most successful, prosperous country on earth. And now that's being threatened. And so we, we have to take action. Let's go. Absolutely. And you know, these are conversations that you and I have uh, quite frequently, and we need yep. to have these conversations more because I think there has been a great return uh, to civics, to a thirst from the American people, especially over the last four years of what's happened, to go back to our roots and understanding civics, understanding our Constitution, our foundation of why this uh, this country has been the greatest opportunity for prosperity um, in, in the world history, uh, frankly. Yep. And so we're going to talk more um, on this show. Dave, since you're the dean of the business school, doing kind of a deep dive uh, into economics and the Christian worldview perspective and dispelling the myth that Jesus was a socialist. It always cracks me up when people respond on social media, like with all of these memes. But I want to go first to this headline uh, that I read this week and get your reaction because you're a Liberty University faculty member. The headline says this, a Christian university faculty revolt after board votes to affirm biblical view of sexuality. This is Seattle Pacific University, a Christian college in Washington state. And wait a second, Dave, they're supposedly a Christian university and their faculty don't want the board to recognize biblical sexuality? Yeah, no, that that's the great challenge of our age. Uh, the deconstructionists, right? Harvard in 1640, their motto was truth for Christ and church. That's all the Western Civ, Princeton, Yale, all the rest of them, uh, even go through the publics. That's the role of the public university. That's our mission, the Judeo-Christian tradition uh, allied with Greek reason. 
And so today, uh, the left is tearing down statues. Uh, they're taking a stand against the biblical position. But the interesting thing about the Marxist, the neo-Marxist position, is they cannot name the replacement, right? So what is the replacement for the Judeo-Christian morality and ethics? What is the replacement for James Madison and the separation of powers in the Constitution? What is the replacement for a free market economic system and Adam Smith that made us so prosperous? And so uh, it's in to tear down. It's easy to tear down, right? You can be critical and get in the footnotes and you can score your cheap intellectual victory. But at the end of the day, what do they have to replace it? And the answer is nothing. Those faculty members will have nothing to say in public uh, that's substantive. That's a great point because, um, you know, one of uh, my first professors in constitutional law always taught me, um, especially not just in uh, philosophical and legal theory, but also in practice to say, you know, you can't complain about a problem unless you also propose a solution and a meaningful solution that works. And that's also uh, the foundation of any sort of policy debate, right? If you are the affirmative saying we're going to change the status quo, then you not only have to address what you believe are the harms in the status quo, but you also have to address why your policy position is actually better and it's solvent. And I think for a lot of people, especially young people uh, on on even Christian college campuses, they don't understand that when they're tearing down Western civilization, uh, they don't have any sort of replacement that's actually solvent. Yeah, no, that, that's right. And it, it, even if you look at just how the scientific method progresses, right? There's a philosophical literature on this. If people want it, the mainstream media doesn't have time for sentences that take more than, you know, one or two phrases. But that's the way science progresses as well. You put a hypothesis forward and you test it. And uh, whatever remains left standing stands. And then you have to put together a better hypothesis that explains more with less. That's called Occam's razor, going back into history of thought. Not that the left would know any of these terms. This all originated with, you know, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. It went through our great uh, Christian theorists, uh, Kant in Germany and Adam Smith, uh, and produced Milton Friedman at the Chicago School of Economics, et cetera. Uh, most schools aren't educating the students in any of this. And so it's easy to change malleable minds uh, when they haven't been educated in the first place. And so they, the, the students at, at Liberty, of course, are educated in all of this. The Judeo-Christian tradition is front and center. The Constitution, Dean Hurt in our School of Government is awesome. Mm-hmm. Former congressman with me, we served together. And then free markets. Yeah, and this is great. And we're going to be back uh, to talk with Dave Bratt on this deep dive here on Just the Truth with more about uh, why we need to do the deep dive into civics, why we need to educate our young people, and looking at a really disturbing video coming up next. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash
Welcome back to Just the Truth, and we're continuing this deep dive conversation with Dave Bratt, who is the Dean of the Liberty University School of Business, and also the host of the brand new show coming soon here on Real America's Voice called The Bratt Pack. So we're talking about uh, this really important conversation about returning to civics, understanding uh, who we are as Americans, but also the philosophy of thought, of logic, of reason that has been handed down generation to generation, and why uh, conservatives and the Western tradition is so important to not only our uh, theory in economics, in law, in politics, but also that it's founded on the truth of reality and the Christian worldview. And so, Dave, I want to get your reaction uh, to this video. I saw this uh, in Not the Bee, which is one of my favorite uh, news sources, not to be confused with the Babylon Bee, which is satire, uh, also great. But it's um, this headline is ready to hear a woke preacher pray to the, quote, God of self-acceptance and the source of all equity whose queendom brings forth the intersection of queerness and faith. Watch this. Today is a very special Sunday. In case you are just now tuning in or haven't really been paying attention, there are a few things that are different this week. There are slightly more wigs um, and a little bit more makeup. Um, because this week is Drag Week. It's Drag Sunday. Um, and it is our way of celebrating and uplifting the voices of drag artistry within the church. We have artists from Bloomington, Peoria, Chicago, San Francisco. And today, we are here to say that the love and the wisdom of God is present and overflowing within all people within all spaces and within all identities. All identities. Yes, even drag, even within queerness, it swells forth within all forms of art, within all protests and love. It is divine. My name is Miss Pentecost. Uh, my pronouns, well, all dolled up, uh, are she, her, hers. And I am on staff here at Hope. There has been, as Jenny and I, as Isaac uh, spoke to earlier, a bit of an uproar and pushback on the national level against me and against this church as a whole. But with that pushback came an incredible embrace. An embrace from church communities, an embrace from secular institutions all across the nation. This embrace shows a sign of support for who we are and what we aspire to be. It is a sign of validation for the intersection of queerness and faith, of, of sexuality and spirituality. Today, we have folks from California and Texas, from Pennsylvania, from Wisconsin, all over Illinois tuning in to be with us. So that was just one clip, and I wanted to play that full thing just to give you an idea of how ridiculous the name of God and the true identity of human beings made in his image are when this man dressed up like a woman is pretending somehow that this is the true church. So Dave, we're talking about uh, faculty yielding to uh, woke ideas of sexuality, and now you have someone who's pretending to be a preacher in a church, uh, really affirming a secular viewpoint. I mean, the culture is going off the rails. Yeah, well, that's right. I don't, I don't 
even think it's a secular viewpoint. Uh, the notable thing about the new left, uh, as opposed to liberals like JFK, etc., John Stuart Mill, Bentham, uh, uh, they would be okay with uh, everybody having freedom left to themselves and no one gets to coerce their position on others. Uh, this new modern leftist thing, they have no problem uh, coercing and forcing their point of view on others. And their point of view is quite incoherent. Uh, I believe the person mentioned the term love. Of course, the Greeks did not have uh, love in the lexicon as a primary virtue, neither did the Romans. Uh, love began at zero in the Judeo-Christian tradition, agape love, right? And for the young students at secular schools, uh, it's always useful to remind people that the calendar did not start at zero when you were born. And so something significant happened at the year zero when the virtue of love did enter the Western lexicon. And that conception of love uh, is found at the cross, of course, and is called agape love. And the authors of that definition of love said there are no identities. There is no Jew or Greek. There's no male or female. There's no black or white. Uh, for the children of God, we are all equal. We all create an image of God. And there is no identity. And so the American people have a choice to make. Uh, do you want to go with this modern conception that's raining down violence in your streets, uh, along with Karl Marx that wants to get rid of God and wants to get rid of human rights? Or do you want to go with the Judeo-Christian conceptions, along with Greek reason, that have provided the guardrails and the sound foundation that has made us the greatest nation on earth? It seems simple to me, but it, it, it is a shocker that major parts of our society are having a hard time with this one. Yeah, and Dave, I, I love that you emphasize the point that the uh, woke leftists and uh, their progressive beliefs or so-called progressive beliefs um, are coercing, are coercive. Yeah. I mean, they, they built this sort of identity theory on the notion that uh, we're the most tolerant party, uh, we're the ones that love and accept everyone. But you see people like uh, the church that will stand up and say, no, we will not affirm gay marriage, um, you know, same-sex marriage. We will not affirm uh, you know, anything that is against traditional Christian orthodoxy within the church. And then you even have businesses like uh, Jack Phillips of Masterpiece Cake Shop that say because he is an individual proprietor that has a Christian faith, he refuses to participate in uh, in, in different uh, celebrations or aspects and, and business angles that go against his sincerely held religious beliefs. And so from an economic standpoint, uh, where do you see this going in terms of coercion uh, from the government saying, well, hey, these are now deemed civil liberties. And if you refuse to condone and participate in this, now you can't participate in commerce or in business here in America. Yeah, well, back back in Congress, I used to have uh, in-depth discussions in the weight room in the mornings, believe it or not, with my Democrat colleagues. We all got along fine. I had debates with a uh, fellow Jesuit uh, on immigration, et cetera. And he said, uh, for example, well, you know, it says in the Bible, uh, you got to take care of the sojourner and the wanderer and all and all that. And it, I said, that, very good. That that that's excellent. I'm I'm glad you know your text. Uh, you know where in the Bible it says that. And the answer, of course, was in the Hebrew Scripture. And I said, so uh, if you're proposing uh, that we legislate 
that everybody follow uh, the Word of God as dictated in the Hebrew Scriptures, boy, I'm interested in that proposition. And you want to coerce that biblical position you're talking about. Uh, And so he backtracked pretty quickly from that proposition. Then I said, "I, I got an alternative that's a little less deep for you. How about we just agree, and he, he had some proposals on education. How, how about we just agree to teach love, the, the primary uh, virtue in the Western tradition? It is by far, right? Even this Subaru car commercials are loving cars now. Their pistons uh, and the metal are very loving. And so uh, I said, uh, I'll go along with your uh, leftist thing if you'll compromise and we'll teach the origins and nature of the conception of love as taught in the Bible in the public schools, K-12. And uh, this was a Jesuit, and he said, uh, sorry, I, I can't go there. Right? So that's all you need to know. What, what do I think? Where are things going? That's where they're going. Wow. That's, that is so fascinating to see that people, um, and I love how people like that will always take uh, the biblical position out of context and they'll use the Old Testament as if the law as given to Old Testament Israel is somehow now uh, is or should be binding as the Christian worldview perspective on American government. And they fail to see the difference between the Old and New Testament, the Mosaic law versus the eternal morality and the truth of God. And the um, you know, that's that's a theological conversation as well. But also, uh, Dave, I think it's an important one to talk about uh, the difference between affirming biblical truth and the foundation that our founders recognized that our rights are given by God, our creator, not our government. Uh, and, and to contrast that with uh, what the left would like to say is our position, which is a Christian theocracy that isn't true. Well, well. That's right. It, it, and at the end of the day, I, I, the theocracy thing uh, gets given a bad name, right? Uh, it's interesting in our Constitution, it, it, we the people are the sovereign. We have been made the sovereign. And that, that you know, in biblical terms, that's questionable whether you can go there. Uh, but that's a complex story. Uh, but in terms of the left, they have no problems with coercion. And so again, I come back to where kind of I started. What, what the, the left does not have a name. They don't have a book. They don't have a philosopher. I mean, none. They won't name Karl Marx in public. Uh, they won't name the, the neo-Marxists uh, out of the German school in public. Uh, they won't name Nietzsche, who was far brighter than Marx in public. They don't have a theologian, they don't have a philosopher, they don't have a school of thought, they don't have a book, and you're entrusting them, right, with with no foundation in reason, not 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 to mention theology, uh, to run the world, and so that you know that, that that's how far off the American people are right now. Unfortunately, we're untethered and unmoored, and uh, it's showing. Watch the news every night and. Uh, we just had an Africa summit. The uh, the Africans are not under any such <laughs> illusion. Uh, they, they're on fire. They come right. over here and wonder what we're doing wrong. It's well, so, and we uh, got to take a break here. But uh, you know, maybe yeah. the maybe the left will uh, get this woke preacher as you know their their uh, philosopher and theorist. I'm sure that he would be more than happy to take that up. But we'll return uh, more with more of just the truth and Dave Bratt when we come right back. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. 
fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Continuing the conversation with my friend Dave Bratt, who is the dean of the business school at Liberty University and also the host of the brand new show that will be premiering very soon right here on Real America's Voice, The Bratt Pack. So, Dave, we've been talking about the implications of uh, the Western tradition and why young people um, and people overall, all Americans, need to understand civics, where we came from. And I want to uh, then move the conversation forward in dispelling this myth that Jesus was a socialist. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty uh, low hurdle to hit. We, we have another science in addition to you know, environmental science and green science and, and tornado science. It's called economic science. No one's ever heard of this before. And so uh, pretty simple, uh, Nobel Prize to uh, Robert Solo for economic growth. Uh, capital, labor, and technology cause economic growth across countries. He won a Nobel Prize. Greg Mankiw at Harvard adds human capital, explains about 80% of variation in all the cross-country regressions. So there you have it. If you want to do well and prosper, there you go. I asked my sociology colleagues, uh, what causes economic growth? Uh, you should have heard the answers. I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a comedy channel. And so uh, back to uh, Jesus and, and private property, et cetera. Uh, a lot of those uh, Nobel Prize winners in economics, in fact, if you go to the University of Chicago, they have a whole role lined up. Uh, a lot of them are our Jewish brothers and sisters who are geniuses. I wish I had the brain uh, that half of our Nobel laureates had. And so the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition has produced great figures uh, and great science uh, that relies upon the scientific method and falsification. Uh, it, the, the Jewish tradition, uh, God in the, in the creation event is down in the mud creating things and says, uh, create, go work. Before the fall, go work. Before the fall, Moses Maimonides, uh, also called the Rambam by our Jewish brothers and sisters, had a hierarchy of virtues. Not that anyone would know about him uh, from K-12 education, greatest Jewish uh, intellectual. Uh, and at the top of that hierarchy of virtues, the greatest virtue of all is to find your brother or sister a job. Because a job takes care of your family. The job takes care of your health care. It takes care of your housing. It takes care of your transportation. This is a radical new theory uh, that's just come upon us recently. Uh, in addition, uh, if you need more than the Judeo, uh, part of the Judeo-Christian tradition, the Ten Commandments uh, that, that we observe in the Christian tradition, of course, uh, do not steal, presumes private property. I, I am the Lord your God, the first commandment. Have no other gods before me. Uh, do not worship any other thing. Do, do not worship property, wealth, everything. The whole system has worked brilliantly. 
uh, for the last couple hundred years. And only lately with the leftist uh, folks who we talked in the last segment who do not have a replacement for any of this, uh, come up with socialism where everywhere it has been tried, it relies upon coercion. Uh, the Judeo-Christian tradition, uh, God created us all in his image, in the image of God with freedom to worship. God could have made us all robots. If God was an all-powerful tyrant, he could have just commanded a perfect obedience. God is a loving father. He wants us to obey out of the freedom we have to worship him and to follow his will. That is up to you and that's up to me. That is the greatness of the Judeo-Christian tradition. That is the greatness of capitalism. Capitalism has nothing to do with the fact that you're morally good. The fall still exists. Genesis 3 it was mm -hmm. pretty bad. What's the evidence that it's bad? There was a flood that came next. That's powerful evidence that human nature uh, goofed. We can do much better. Uh, but in the meantime, capitalism is the only system of economics and business that has worked in history with a fallen human nature. And we owe a lot of that to James Madison, Adam Smith, Milton Friedman, and the folks who have come before us. But wait, Dave, I mean, I thought, based on you know the going theory of the 20-somethings uh, that are probably in your classes, that because Jesus fed the 5,000 and he gave bread and fish away and he loved everyone and he was such a great humanitarian, <laughs> that that means he was a socialist, right? Oh, no, you, you are quite commanded uh, to feed the poor in the church. The church. But the left will be the first one that tells you, you better not go beyond that. Don't you bring your religious stuff on us, brother. And so the, the line of distinction is very clear. And uh, my students, of course, know better. And uh, in, 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 in rough theology, uh, the evangelicals have gone a little off base lately. I always have a trick question. Uh, did Jesus tell Moses to go to Pharaoh? And it's tricky. Well, was Jesus there at the creation? Yes. Is Jesus God in the Christian tradition? Yes. Did God tell Moses to go to Pharaoh, say, let my people go? Yes. Then did Jesus, part of the Trinity, also tell Moses to go to Pharaoh? Yes. Would you also agree that the Exodus is a central event in the Hebrew scripture? Yes. Would you also agree that the Exodus is a political event? Yes then would it stand to reason that Jesus, God the Father and the Son, were in charge of the greatest political event in Hebrew scripture? Yes. Mm. And would you also agree that in our constitution, the people are the sovereign? And so that puts a little different spin on things. And so the folks that take the Bible seriously, I hope they're following this logic because it matters. It's the divine order and structure of, of what is. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for giving time to it on this show tonight, Jenna. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important for people to connect those dots and to actually look at the history of, uh, of world history and also, you know, biblical history in that type of context, because um, we see that the church uh, really is not teaching anything like what you just said. I mean, they don't, most pastors, if they use the story of uh, Exodus, for example, which isn't just a story. I mean, I don't like when pastors just say, well, this is the story of the Exodus, or these are, you know, some of these uh, biblical characters, because it almost f puts a, a fictional kind of spin on it, or um, this kind of idea that this is just, these are just 
uh, feeling sort of stories, and these are just uh, characters that you would read in novels, not real historical events. But most pastors, Dave, will use um, Exodus or some of these other stories to then draw out kind of a, a personal story and be like, well, you need to find the way that you can, uh, you know, these toxic people in your life, you can cross the Red Sea and you can get rid of it. You know, they tend to use it as some kind of metaphor instead of actually plainly teaching what the text yep. shows and what the true right. principle is. And so when you're teaching your students, obviously at Liberty, coming from a Christian worldview perspective, what's the greatest challenge uh, for young people to grasp this concept of you know these types of political events and how uh, God has shown us so clearly how we can live rightly in scripture and that includes the theory of economic science? Yeah, the, the, the greatest temptation uh, is the liberal temptation, that we're all kind of basically morally good people that love to drive Subarus. <laughs> and so what does that look like? Well, uh, God is love. The great commandment is love. Love God, love your neighbor. So it, it's just all good. Uh, but that begs the question, uh, why did Jesus have to come? And all the Gospels are fairly clear, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Jesus came proclaiming the gospel, comma, the forgiveness of sin, right? And so that's why Jesus came. The, Genesis 3, we had the fall. Uh, unfortunately, we fell. It's not God's fault. That's our fault. We all fall daily, more than daily. Uh, and that is the truth of the gospel, right? That's why Jesus came. So it, 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 Jesus was just not one man amongst others who came and taught to love and do good works. Uh, much more fundamental, right? A break in history that restarts the calendar at zero. A shaking of the foundations, as Paul Tillich uh, and many other great ones would say. Something great happened. Uh, Nietzsche would crush Marx on that one. Uh, if you want to know what a culture thinks and what ultimately values, it is its view of the sacred. Uh, science will not change the mind, the heart, or the soul. Uh, culture will. Who changed culture? Uh, Moses, Jesus, Confucius, Buddha. That's Nietzsche. That's from a person who said God is dead, uh, but was an intellectual of the highest order and knew what was what in history. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I go back to one of my favorite books, The Closing of the American Mind, Alan Bloom, uh, back in the 70s, wrote, the only moral absolute on a college campus these days, this was 40 years ago, the only moral absolute is that there are no moral absolutes. If you believe that, welcome to the 21st century, because that's what you're seeing on your TV screen every night. Mm -hmm. And that's why these conversations are so important and for people to actually go back and read uh, intellectual thought and read books and not just yep. have uh, their source of their worldview from uh, the news media, the fake news narratives, or entertainment as well. And, uh, and this is why uh, colleges like Liberty University are so important that they teach 
economic theory from a Christian worldview, from a truth-based worldview, because these types of things, Dave, um, I, I think are challenging a lot of our young people who have grown up in uh, a postmodern society and a secular culture that um, is really rooted in the ideologies and the theories of the progressive left rather than the Christian worldview. And uh, so yep. in just the last few, minutes, few seconds we have in this segment, uh, what do you think is the, is the number one challenge to young people, why they don't accept these types of theories? Well, the, the liberal arts education is the greatest challenge. The, even the liberal arts people know that to be educated is to be widely read, to know the tradition. If you don't even know where the debate is, good luck to you. And the young people don't. Uh, at Liberty, we, we train students throughout the tradition. Mm. But you need to know the debate. Yeah, and you have to be able to have those conversations in the public square, and that's why freedom of speech, association, freedom of the press, all of this is so important. And we'll be right back with more here on Just the Truth. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Continuing the conversation here on Just the Truth with my friend Dave Bratt, who is the Dean of the Liberty University School of Business. And Dave, we're talking about this concept of uh, Western thought and history and tradition and why it's so important to be grounded in truth and why uh, a lot of young people, obviously not your students at Liberty University because you teach them so well. And I'm thankful my little brother is actually a student currently at Liberty University. He's getting a great education there and uh, the values and the uh, understanding and recognition of truth. And um, so for people who maybe haven't had a great education and don't, um, they understand economics from a either a simplistic or not complete and truthful perspective. Um, what's kind of just the, the basic 101 of what they need to understand with economic science? Yeah, I, I won't be able to convey it shortly. I'll use a couple examples. They'll have to take uh, your but, class sometime, yeah, to get, no, get a whole no, semester. Go, go Google Milton Friedman, right? Any of his YouTube videos, uh, free to choose, Capitalism and Freedom are his two great short little books. If you want to know economics and, and see a brilliant mind with a smile on his face, who is the true genius, uh, Uncle Milton, as he's called in the profession, is the man. And so it, on, on the common sense front, right, our economy is just trucking along right now. It's, the growth is, all the charts are going through the roof right now. Wow, the economy is great, right? Uh, wrong. So the Federal Reserve uh, is printing $7 trillion in money, right, that it did before the 08 uh, financial collapse uh, in order to keep the corpse, right? The, the real economy is a corpse. It's, it's laying there. But we pumped $7 trillion in money. And then the debt when I was in Congress was $20 trillion. Now the debt is $30 trillion. So you got $7 trillion in stimulus on the monetary side and five or six trillion so far on the fiscal side. And economics says, uh, if you take a $5 trillion loan out from your rich uncle, has your family income really gone up 
as the media would have you believe? Not Seriously? Yeah. Right? No, of course not. You, you've got a $5 trillion loan. You've got to pay back to your rich uncle. Right? Has your income gone up? And the American people are believing this nonsense. So, of course, in the short run, the economy's moving along. They're going to stimulate it to try and win the 2022 elections at the expense of your kids. And if you don't understand this, if you can't see this in real time, uh, rationality is shot, right? And God is the creator of rationality. Uh, God is the architect of the universe who created all it is, right? So the mind is, is a great gift. And, you know, so there's there's economics in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Well, very well described. And, you know, one of my favorite uh, books that has a, at least a chapter on economic theory um, is The Mind of a Conservative by Barry Goldwater. And um, yeah. you know, he wrote this back in the 80s. And he's talking about yeah. how um, conservatives at least used to believe in the Republican Party. And now we're shifting away from that. And he was saying right. this you know, 50 years ago, that a man as a creature created in the image of God also has um, endowed as one of our fundamental God-given rights, the ability to uh, keep what we earn. And that's a biblical principle to say that a man uh, is worth his wages and that private property is a part of who we are as created in God's image. And when the government has this idea that it can take away through taxes and overtaxing, because uh, government isn't a revenue generating institution, so it can take uh, from each individual corporately as much tax as it wants to and then spend it collectively how it sees fit, then it's actually yeah. stealing from you. And you know, the libertarian would like to say that all taxation is theft. I don't go that far. Obviously, we have to have uh, some things in government like uh, police. We don't want to defund them. We have to have you know, right. uh, the fire yep. department, some of those things. But when the government starts telling us, well, here are all of these other things that we think are essential that we want to spend money on rather than the individual deciding where to put our hard-earned dollars, that's where Republicans are actually uh, taking part in that narrative. So like the infrastructure bill, I'm shocked, Dave, that Republicans, their compromise is something right. that's like a fourth of what the Democrats want to propose in a $3 trillion infrastructure bill. Do we really right. want to say that a fourth of that is still conscionable? Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm glad you went there because uh, our Republican leadership, uh, President Trump showed you the path to victory through the working middle class uh, who no one is paying attention to. And... Uh, it's quite remarkable. You, you don't even really have to talk about capitalism, right? I think the the, the woke left doesn't want to bring up eighth grade uh, civics class. Because if you go back and Google fascism, which they're all hysterical about Trump and fascism and whatever. Oh, yeah, and of that's their favorite F word. <laughs> yeah. And if, if you study fascism, that requires a big state. Well, which party is in favor of a big state? Right. It, it, you just it's Orwellian. You can't make it up. What they're horrified about is that they've grown the, st the state to this extent. And now how dare these Republicans actually try to win an election and right. take over and run this huge state that we've just created. And then we can't downsize it in four years. That, that, that's why it's called the deep state. I, I, I couldn't say that it, when I was in Congress four years ago. That was a no, no, I guess. I, I said it. I got in trouble all the time. But now it's just uh, taken for granted. And so I'm being dead serious, right? Everybody needs to go back and read Plato's Republic after democracy, which was the fourth worst regime in the Republic 
uh, because every idea was created equal. Nonsense was equal to uh, sense. Uh, after that, you reach chaos because there's no order. Every idea is equal, so you got chaos. And of course, after that, the strong man and tyranny, tyranny, and the tyrant will come in and restore order. Uh, and you're back to Hobbes uh, with the Leviathan. And uh, so you know, that's what's coming our way unless the suburbs get their uh, act in order. Well, and this is why so many people who are genuinely conservatives are for the America first policy. And it really disturbs me that so many people who are in Washington who are Republican are still for this big, ginormous leviathan of the state. And so they're not genuinely conservatives, right? No. And the only time they say that was when they run. Uh, right. But when McCarthy in the House or McConnell in the Senate come to him and say, uh, do you want a nice committee seat? And would you like 10 million at your election uh, time? If so, sign the dotted line. And that's where character is produced. And unfortunately, you're, you're seeing just the erosion of the American soul in politics. All of these folks are up for sale. And when they run on one thing and then legislate the exact opposite, I, I hope you caught that. Uh, if you didn't, you need to pay attention because uh, you're selling your kid's future uh, into just chaos right now. And we need people. I, I'm not being humorous. The American people need to wake up anytime. It's time. It's time. Absolutely. And we have to back genuine conservatives. And it doesn't matter uh, which party. Obviously, majorities matter. But if you back candidates that are genuinely conservative, they're going to vote conservative. And so you're going to end up with a stronger majority. And, you know, Dave, it's so frustrating to me to see uh, people who will back Republicans, no question, with some sort of party fealty because they've bought into this sort of two-team, almost like it's a Super Bowl kind of situation that if you're not backing your team, then that's where where the value is placed. And I think that that's a total myth. And that's what President Trump always stood firm with, was country over party. And so uh, when we come right back, I want to talk more with you, Dave, about the solutions and how we can, as America, move forward under a conservative economic theory and philosophy and also get back to understanding how civics really need to be at the forefront of American opportunity. We'll be right back. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
Welcome back to Address the Truth. And the hour goes by so quickly. I love these deep dive conversations where we can actually talk about the truth. We can talk about the Christian worldview perspective. We can talk about American civics in a much deeper dive. And so uh, my friend joining me tonight has been Dave Bratt, who is the dean of the Liberty University School of Business. And Dave, of course, we have to go now to solutions because we've pointed out some of the problems. Um, we've given people, um, I hope, the very, very clear message. You've got to go back and read uh, all of these great philosophers, you have to understand the American tradition, Western civilization, all of these things. What else can the public do uh, to make sure that we are putting Americans and our constitution first? Yeah, well, uh, a lot of leaders are getting off easy uh, taking shortcuts. And so if your preacher in a Christian church isn't teaching the Christian message, I would suggest you get rid of them. Uh, and in Amen the Protestant that. circles, I think we got, you know, 70 million folks. And then the Catholics uh, have a few similar issues. And if your priest uh, isn't preaching Catholic social teachings, uh, they need to go. And by the way, the Heidelberg Catechism question and answer one is very similar, almost identical to the Baltimore Catechism, the, the Catholic Catechism question and answer one. What is the chief end of man to, to obey and glorify and serve God and enjoy his benefits, right? So there's 140 million Americans who apparently are off the grid. Uh, because we're electing folks that are not at all compatible uh, with that tradition. And, I, and, and, and I'm not talking specifics here, right? I'm not talking micro policy differences. I'm talking aggregate macro policies that have to do with the, our existential uh, condition as a country, whether we will survive as a Judeo-Christian tradition. So obviously, number one is you got to get down and you got to get serious and you got to go to church. Uh, and you have to pay attention and you got to take a leadership role. We're all the sovereign, right? In the church, uh, you all have been given talents uh, by God. Uh, you, you alone know what they are, but you have to act on them. Uh, and then on K-12 education, all it takes is three out of five people on your uh, county school education board to take control of your entire school system. Three out of five people. Go take control. If you think what they're teaching is crazy land, hello, get three people to run for school board, take it over and teach uh, what they taught at Harvard back in 1640. And just point there and say, look, Harvard's acceptable to you, isn't it? Aristotle, ring a bell, you know, whatever. Uh, those two moves right there will, will, will bring about tremendous change in our country. And yeah. just don't put up with nonsense anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I saw the uh, the video. In fact, I retweeted it uh, this past week of the mom who was going uh, in front yes, of her local school board. And she was yes. just pleading with them about this ridiculous mask mandate. And you think about all of the parents who were taking their time to go in front of the, their local school right. boards. If they would just run and actually have the authority instead of trying to appeal to an authority who is clearly on the wrong side of, and the wrong side of uh, their children's best interests and parents. Yep 
states could actually make these decisions. That's a great point. And then also, um, I think, Dave, the the church, you know, meaning those of us who are part of the church, the um, you know, the millions of evangelicals, Protestants, Catholics across the country, we have bought in falsely to this notion of separation of church and state and said, sorry, the church can't become political. I think that's ridiculous. It's a false notion. It's not what the founders meant at all. And we have to engage politics as Christians. The central act in the Hebrew scriptures, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all involved, is the Exodus, a political event. Uh, within 300 years after the life of Jesus, Constantine was the holy Christian emperor. Uh, that's not an accident. Uh, God has been sovereign in the Western tradition, uh, the chosen people. If you choose, God is always there. But if you choose to walk in the desert, God weeps and says, please come back. Uh, please come back. Uh, but we're walking in the desert right now. And uh, everybody knows, everybody knows deep down, God's watching you in your heart. You know it. It's time to come home. Let's mm -hmm. do it as a country and save, save this great nation. Absolutely. We have to stand up with courage. And that's been a recurring theme here on Just the Truth is to stand up boldly and use your skills and talents in the way that God is calling you. Because imagine, Dave, if our founder said, well, you know, the only thing that we can do is appeal to the king in parliament. And, you know, hey, that didn't work. So, well, tough luck, I guess. You know, we can just go and then, you know, we can pray. Well, prayer is, of course, absolutely paramount. It's incredibly important. It's one of the most effective tools that we have in the Christian arsenal. But we also have have to act on our faith as well. We have to be willing, like our founders, to pledge our very lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor, as you did in Congress, by saying, I'm going to stand up for truth, even if that uh, you know, gets me kicked out or that makes me unpopular. It doesn't matter as much as standing firm to make sure that we are preserving and protecting liberty and opportunity for our kids. So in the last minute uh, here, talk to me more about Liberty University, how parents who are interested in sending their kids or uh, people who are watching this want to get uh, a hold of a great Christian education. Yeah, well, we just had a wonderful Africa summit. We had heads of state from Africa come and pitch uh, economic opportunities to CEOs and business titans here. Uh, in August coming up, we're going to have a CEO uh, convention for uh, Judeo-Christian uh, business leaders uh, who want to get together, connect. And uh, Liberty is, is just when the African leaders left, guess what they praised the most? They said, I've never been greeted so warmly or so lovingly, and your students just shine. It would be a blessing for me to be able to send my son or daughter to this university, in quotes. Wow. Just remarkable. And so I, I couldn't be more proud of my university. Uh, we're a blessing to the world, and 600 million Christian Africans are going to bless us in return uh, that's the way the kingdom rolls. That's amazing. Well, Dave Bratt, host of the brand new show, Brat Pack, right here on Real America's Voice coming soon. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. That's it for this episode of Just the Truth. I'm Jenna Ellis, and we are sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find out more about the Thomas More Society and the incredible work that we do there at thomasmoresociety.org. And I will be back tomorrow and every Monday through Friday here on Just the Truth.